Welcome to the ENA Podcast. This is the ENA Podcast, and I am Dan Campana, the Director of Communications for the Emergency Nurses Association, welcoming you to our latest episode. And uh, t- today we're, we're talking about the National Pediatric Readiness Project. And this week, uh, the project has launched its assessment, and you can learn more about it at pedsready.org. But really, the, the goal of the project is to ensure that all U.S. emergency departments have the essential guidelines and resources to provide effective emergency care to children. And our guest today is Cindy Wright Johnson. She is the EMSC director for the Maryland Institute of Emergency Medical Services. Uh, Cindy's gonna help paint the picture a little bit of why this um, slightly delayed assessment and survey through NPRP uh, is important and and a little bit about what uh, what this can mean to uh, frontline care for children. So uh, Cindy, welcome to the ENA podcast. Thank you, Dan. It's great to be with you today. So Cindy, I mentioned that you're the EMSC director for the Maryland Institute of Emergency Medical Services, but when I looked at your email signature, there's so many other things that you're involved with. Can you just paint a little bit of the picture of, of the things that you're involved with? And, and all of it comes back to, you know, to pediatrics and injury prevention and a lot of things that are near and dear to emergency nurses. So uh, tell us a little bit about your background. Thank you, Dan. I have been uh, involved in emergency nursing and pediatric trauma nursing specifically for about 45 years. I started uh, as a clinical nurse at Children's National Medical Center at the time. It's now Children's National Hospital. And I became their trauma coordinator, which is when I really got involved with emergency nursing back in the 80s. I transitioned to a regulatory position here within the state of Maryland. My title, the EMS for Children's Director, or in some states, the EMS for Children's Manager, is one of 59 across all of our states and territories. I have been involved in this program um, for about 28 years, and EMSC covers injury prevention through acute care, appropriate transfer, and a either transfer, transition back to home and or rehabilitation, as well as the follow-up care. The unique role that I have seen emergency nurses take as I have worked across all of our state and with other states in the mid-Atlantic area is that emergency nurses interact with every other discipline and with all of the families. What is really special to me about the role here I have in the state of Maryland is I have been allowed to work on emergency care for children in EMS, emergency care for children in the emergency department, and to support the pediatric resources within all of our hospitals, whether those be to transfer out or to stay and get care at the hospital where they first were taken. We also work very closely with the Academy of Pediatrics to make sure that primary care is a part of that transition back from the emergency department. And my first uh, involvement with the federal EMS for Children's program was actually working on an education project where not only did we work with EMS, but we also worked with emergency department nurses to create curriculum in the late 80s. Both of the projects we worked on, as well as the projects that came out of Oregon and Washington State, have led to a national course for pediatric emergency 
um, care by pre-hospital clinicians, as well as the work that went into ENPC that took collaboration across so many excellent hospitals and so many wonderful state programs. The other part of what I've done and am able to still do on an uh, leadership basis, not on a management basis, is to promote injury prevention. And we do that through the Emergency Nurses Association IQ SIP role within our state. We do that in partnership with Safe Kids Worldwide. And currently MIMS is the home of Safe Kids Maryland. We have seven local coalitions and nine community partners, and also working with our fire rescue EMS services in a project called Risk Watch that actually came out of a North Carolina EMSC program in the early 2000s. So when you we put all that together, um, you know, one of the things I've learned in the last couple of years is that why pediatrics is such a unique aspect of emergency care is that pediatrics is unique. It is not like caring for the majority of other patients that come through the ED. And from our government relations side, we hear often from them about uh, EMSC from a funding perspective to make sure that um, the types of things that are needed to care for pediatric patients are available through funding and through programmings and things like that. Um, when you put all together what, the thing that you're involved with from injury prevention all the way through acute care, you know, really what is, what is the commonality here when it comes to pediatric patients? Is it a matter of not enough understanding of what's needed or is it uh, just about continuing education and making sure that everyone is prepared uh, for the situations that come with the uniqueness of a pediatric patient in the ED in particular. And the unique part of pediatric emergency care and pediatric emergency nursing is that for the majority of hospitals, 80% of the children who are seen in hospitals, they're seen in a community hospital. And children are less than 10% of our ambulance transports to emergency departments. Depending on your emergency department and whether they are a remote or critical access hospital or a community hospital within an urban area, the variation in exposure to children is wide. Some hospitals may see two or three children a week. Some hospitals may see 100 children in a month. And some hospitals are going to see 100 children a day. Most are pediatric specialty hospitals that are pediatric trauma centers or pediatric burn centers or both, and have an intensive care unit, typically see 250 children a day. And children come in all sizes. They are constantly developing, growing, not only physically, but also intellectually. So they find ways to get into situations that as adults, we try to prevent, sure. but things happen. So the goal of EMS for children and the goal of this national pediatric readiness project, specifically for emergency departments, is to make sure that everyone is prepared. Everyone is pediatric ready for when a child comes in with their parent, through a school system, through the EMS system, to be able to recognize those unique anatomic and physiologic differences, be prepared to care for them emotionally, and know the limits of that hospital. Everyone should be pediatric ready, able to assess, triage, assess, treat, and if necessary, transport. But part of the goal of this project is also to recognize those hospitals at a regional level that have made an additional commitment to pediatrics and are able 
to observe that child for a longer period of time, admit that child for treatment, do a definitive diagnostic workup, or in some cases, the child will need critical care and making sure that there is access to pediatric intensive care. So the, the project, uh, the assessment portion of the project was initially set to launch last year. And, and you know, if you're a reader of ENA Connection Magazine, you can take a look uh, at a story about the, the launch of this uh, coming out and, and you know, how the pandemic set this back a little bit. But the goal behind it hasn't changed and the motivation to get as many EDs and, and emergency nurses um, you know, involved in response, uh, that hasn't changed. What, you know, from in, in your mind, and in, in, you know, Cindy, just from your experience, what do you think are some of the most valuable things that um, you know, nurses who participate or, or, or contribute to this assessment, what do you think some of the most valuable things they can share that will help inform some of those bigger plans that you described? The goal of pediatric readiness in the emergency department is exactly what you said, Dan. The goal of the Pediatric Emergency Readiness Project is to have every hospital, and there are 5,000 across the country, participate in pediatric readiness. And from a nursing standpoint, it is to make sure that our colleagues are aware of what the patient safety standards are, are have access to all of the essential equipment for both assessment and stabilization and treatment, as well as the policies, the procedures, the quality improvement to evaluate our care, improve our care, and constantly be being aware of the unique needs of children. This assessment was originally started in 2013, and there was a great response from hospitals. There was another assessment in 2016. And as you said, we were hoping to launch this assessment in 2020. But though our partners across Emergency Nursing, Academy of Pediatrics, Emergency Physicians, as well as the EMSC program recognized that hospitals were just overwhelmed in 2020. What it has allowed us to do is get the interactive checklist, which is a great tool for the stretcher side emergency department nurse to use to look at the equipment within their own hospital, to go through the policies and procedures and see if they are updated and if they are child-centered, and also to look at the resources that are available for every member of the emergency department team. When uh, you talk about the, the the extent of what you've worked on in your career, how important or how meaningful, I guess, was a better way of putting it, how meaningful is it for you to see in you know this this last decade or so these assessments being done to really you know put a fine point on the needs and the differences and the uniqueness of a pediatric care? You know, how meaningful is it for you to see that? You know, because uh, I imagine it was very different at the early parts of your career. You know, how pediatric care, especially emergency care, was handled. So. You know, it seems like we've come a long way, but you know, um, you know, you tell me from your experience. You know, what what has the evolution been like, and how meaningful is it to get to this point with these assessments to to really get a good snapshot of where things are at in, in current times? And when we originally started looking at the unique needs of children, and that was done in the early '90s, and then there was the IOM report that came out in 2006 with the emergency care for children and it was called Growing Pains, and it really looked at the disparity from our rural, suburban, and urban environments across the different states that do not have a pediatric resource center. And today, when we look in 2021 
at what pediatric readiness includes, it is so rewarding to see that it has gone beyond an equipment list. It is beyond taking a course one time that's focused on pediatrics, but it has evolved into a quality improvement ongoing project. The assessments are benchmarks, 2013, 2016, 2021, a hospital can mark their progress. It is also an ability to say, these are the types of cases that we want to have an alert, have a trigger that says our hospital can stabilize, but when we see a child with these types of conditions or with this physiologic situation, that we can use technology, we can connect with a resource center. The use of telemedicine has truly advanced the care that children can receive in any emergency department across the country. When you look at the, uh, the goals of the project and what's in, in everything you just described about this evolution in the last 30 years or so, um, in your day-to-day work, is there one thing that uh, you are particularly interested in seeing come out of this assessment? Either it's an action or a recommendation, or just a certain, you know, a certain segment of data, or, or you know, what you're, you know, what people are going to feed into this through the survey itself. Um, is there anything that really jumps out at you that you're looking forward to once this cycle has kind of moved along and we get to see some results from it? As we launched the National Pediatric Readiness Assessment for 2021, which technically started May 1st, and today is Monday, it is the first business day of this assessment. I am really looking forward to hospitals participating in the process, getting that instant feedback with a gap analysis of where they are in eight different sections of the assessment and realizing how important it is to have a pediatric emergency care coordinator who is a nurse, who is a stretcher site emergency department nurse and can be the ongoing advocate, the voice, the champion for the children and their families who come into our emergency departments. That role of a pediatric champion, which in the federal lingo is called a PEC, P-E-C-C, Pediatric Emergency Care Coordinator, is so essential for every emergency department to identify a lead to make sure that the ongoing equipment needs, the ongoing policies and procedures keep up with all of the policy statements and position statements that come from the the Emergency Nursing Association in partnership with the Academy of Pediatrics. The, the, the totality of this is really you know, exciting. I can hear the enthusiasm in your voice and certainly I've heard it from uh, you know, others within ENA uh, who are, are, have been involved and watched this evolve, you know, certainly within the last year in particular, just because there was so much uh, anticipation for the assessment last year and, and, and rightfully so everything being set aside to come back. But with a clear head, I think that's uh, what you were getting to is that everybody now has the opportunity to, uh, to get involved and take a look at this, you know, at the hospital level. Uh, and, and I'd assume that you'd encourage, you know, any, uh, anybody who's listening, uh, especially from the emergency nursing standpoint, uh, to encourage participation, you know, from their hospital so that everybody, you know, the more information is better. I, I'm sure that, that there's going to be no complaints if, uh, you know, the turnout and the response rate is really, really high because it, it just means that much better, uh, you know, data is coming back in, right? Yes, Dan. Dan, what you just said is an essential component of the National Pediatric Readiness Project, or PEDS Ready, as we refer to it on a daily basis. 
each hospital who participates will not only get an evaluation of where their hospital stands today or any time between now and July 31st when the assessment closes, in addition to getting a score, a number of where they stand, they will be able to get a comparison to other like-sized hospitals. This is not comparing a rural community hospital to a tertiary care university-based pediatric specialty center that has an ICU and a NICU at a pediatric surgical ICU. This project compares every emergency department to like-sized and like-resourced emergency departments so that there can be a network of sharing, not only at the regional level, but the state level, and then at the national level. And with the Emergency Nurses Association Pediatric Committee, many policies have come out to improve the care children receive, to make sure their families are included in their care. And the Emergency Nursing Association published those policies first. Now, as we move forward over the past 10 years and into the next 10 years, there are more and more joint policy statements that focus on the unique needs of children, the essential role of their family, and the hospital or the corporation of hospitals responsibility to make sure that the nurses, physicians, and other healthcare professionals get the support, education, and resources they need to take care of children. Well, Cindy Wright-Johnson, you've, you've offered a lot of great context about the National Pediatric Readiness Project and the assessment, which, uh, which is now underway through the end of July. And uh, as we mentioned, you know, pedsready.org is the place to go to find all the information about uh, you know, the assessment, but also the, you know, additional context on what, uh, what Cindy offered here. Uh, Cindy, any, any final words for those um, you know, who are uh, you know, interested in this or are, are you know, obviously you know, people who are geared, you know, uh, really geared up toward you know, improving pediatric care? Any, any final thoughts here before we wrap up? Dan, thanks for the opportunity to clarify um, the National Pediatric Readiness Project resources. The National Pediatric Readiness Project page is pediatricreadiness.org. And that's where the emergency department nurse can go to learn more about the assessment, find a sample policies, procedures, protocols, look at the articles that have already been published on what has been found from the previous surveys, and get a generic, actually quite long job description for an emergency department nurse who wants to be a pediatric emergency care coordinator or consider that. Once the hospital has identified who's going to actually do the survey, which few people will connect, collect that information, and the one person who will enter it into the computer, which takes only about 25 minutes, that's when they go to, pediat that's when they go to pedsready.org. PedsReady.org is the website to enter the survey, type in your hospital's correct information and data, and once completed, hit that finish button and make sure it goes through. National Pediatric Readiness is the website which has the toolkits and all of the information to continue to build your hospital's capabilities. Cindy Wright Johnson, thank you so much for being a part of the ENA podcast today. Thank you, Dan. It has been an honor, and I look forward to seeing as many people as is safe in Florida in September. 
Well, that's a great uh, shout out for Emergency Nursing 2021, which uh, of course registration is now open. And uh, I know many people are, have already registered to be there. So uh, if you're interested in pediatrics or you just wanna say hello, uh, clearly uh, Cindy's gonna be there. So be sure to give her a wave and a, and a hello if you run across her there. Uh, but uh, we do thank her again for being a part of the podcast today. That will do it for uh, this episode of the ENA podcast. And I do encourage you as Cindy did as well uh, to get involved in the National Pediatric Readiness Project. And uh, as she mentioned, you know, the, the places to go to find that information and to participate. And uh, certainly, you know, um, it's an important time. And, and I know there's a lot of people who are excited to see the assessment rolling forward this year. And as I mentioned earlier, you can also read about it in the uh, latest issue of ENA Connection magazine. So with all of that, I appreciate everyone for listening to the ENA podcast. And we look forward to you joining us next time. 